Hello and welcome again on The Barricades. I'm Boyan Stanislavski and with me is Pat Byrne, our special guest whom, uh, with we're discussing the situation in Ukraine and also uh, the situation in the world because uh, the war in Ukraine is actually the most important or the only important right now uh, element determining the shape of international politics. Uh, and uh, Pat, we uh, uh, I'd like to... You know, invite you to please continue the thought uh, that uh, from the from the previous segment of the program when we were discussing uh, the events, the political events, and also the political circumstances in Russia uh, that were important, that are important from the point of view of why the war was actually launched now, and what is your take on that? Well, I, I, in the previous segment, I was saying I started off by saying that. Um, I think the the political situation in Russia itself is a, is a, is a significant factor, and I think that um, Putin uh, is hoping that through the war that it will boost it will boost his popularity as it had done, you know, in in two thousand fourteen when when Russia took over Crimea, this really boosted Putin's popularity, and I think he's hoping the same will happen with this situation. Now, <clears throat> one of the things I, uh, to say about that is that. One of the one of the different um, uh, procedures that has, has run up to this war is that the normally in most governments they prepare their population for the for a war, and they they have a period of uh, propaganda, a drive, and manufacturing situations so that they can justify uh, the war war effort. <clears throat> This time around, in order to keep um, his intentions secret. From uh, and to keep these enemies confused, um, Putin didn't uh, do that. Um, so as a result, when the when his when the Russian troops started to enter Ukraine, it came as a surprise to many many people, both in Ukraine, both in Russia, and also internationally. Many people yeah. thought, uh, you know, that this was saber rattling. It was it was a means of gaining leverage over the West and trying to pressure them and so on. But as it turned out, he was very serious about this, um, his intentions. And um, uh, that, now the drawback to that is that the Russian population uh, was not prepared. And so in, in, immediately um, there was a lot of shock and disbelief um, about, you know, because as you, said before, the, as you said before, the U Ukrainians and Russians are really... Uh, Very similar people, and there's a large Ukrainian population in Russia. There's a large population in Ukraine, Ukraine, and so you know, for them to be invading their brother country is a, is a big shock, you know. Uh, yeah, and uh, but I think, contrary to what a lot of people are saying um, on the left as well as on the right, I think that support for this war it will depend, obviously, on how it progresses. But in in this next uh, period, I probably. I think that they will gain majority of, of the Russian population behind this war and that there won't be a big anti-war movement, at least for the moment. Because the reason being is that I think that Russia has got a lot of actual, as we've talked about, they've got a lot of actual factual things that they can say uh, about why the war has taken place. I mean, I think Putin has been a bit ham-fisted about these things where he's talked, he's over-exaggerated some things about like talking about... Um, 
genocide and uh, yeah, yeah obviously i mean i i want to i want to make it clear here because you know <clears throat> this word genocide is being thrown around oh, uh, in a very yeah. frivolous manner yeah, and exactly. i find it extremely distasteful uh you know exactly, um, to yeah. say the least okay to do that yeah, yeah. after the experience of the second world war and and know. you know i've heard it so many times repeated by many politicians not just by putin but also yeah. like even by olaf scholz okay uh, <laughs> of all of them, Olaf Scholz going to, to Russia, accusing Russia of, you know, carrying out genocide and stuff like that. This was, uh, this was something absolutely inappropriate and, 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 downright insulting for the Russians to hear this kind of thing uh, from a German politician uh, sure. because it, it immediately, you know, revived all the kind of, you know, historical uh, elements that are part of the Russian identity, but that's, that's a different show. <coughs> anyway, I just want to, I'm sorry. I just wanted to indicate here that uh, this this has to be dismissed. Okay, atrocities yeah. have occurred, obviously. Okay, and atrocities will occur. And by the way, I want to say that in capitalism, war is commonplace. So I mean, this happens all the time, but it's not genocide. What has what, what has gone on? No, and for, yeah. for example, the same with the Nazi denazification question. <clears throat> The West learned one of the lessons the, the experiences in Germany and on before the you know before the first Second World War um, is that they they know not to put fascist dictators where, whenever they can they know not to put fascist dictators in charge of countries so they use fascism mm. as a, an auxiliary force and that's what they've been doing in in uh, Ukraine and um, the so it's it's not as if the whole of the Ukrainian um, Political leadership are all Nazis, and that's uh, silly to say it like that. Be. You should be much more. You should be much more accurate with your criticism and your labelling, because then people will believe you and they will follow what you're saying. But anyway, so, <clears throat> but certainly, I think that that more and more people will, um, as 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 they see the Russian side among the Russian population, I think a majority will support this war. I think that's likely to be the case. Unless, of course, it starts all going wrong, and then then that could that could be a totally different uh, outcome. Yeah, but, uh, um, but just for the record, I want to say sure. that there are demonstrations. There are the, the there sure. have been There's demonstrations been, yeah, throughout but these Russia. Are, but these were these these demonstrations. First of all, they were like I said, you know, when the war happened, the population hadn't been prepared for this war, so there was a lot of shock and disbelief, and so it was understandable people would be coming out on the street and raising questions about this and, and, and calling for peace and so on. Um, but as, as um, but I think most of those demonstrations would tend to be more among the middle class and the more liberal elements who don't have the majority of the population behind them. No, 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 no. Yeah. And, and so, of course, the, like in the Western press, it's now being presented as if there is like some widespread repression of this anti-war, gigantic anti-war movement. And, you know, I just went to, to check on the statistics. And of course, I take the statistics from the website of the... Uh, of the, of the Ministry of Interior of the Russian Federation, they've arrested some 300 people, uh, you know, over the course of the last few days. And we're talking about demonstrations that that have been carried out in 36 cities, okay, cities and towns yeah, well, across whatever, whatever the number. Hardly a mass repression. The, I mean, of course, they shouldn't have been arrested, probably, but whatever, you know, whatever the number. It's not. I don't yeah. think it's them. Um, we're not talking huge numbers at this point. No, so. no, no, no. Nothing but, decisive. But, but I, I mean, that, so, so those are the kind of domestic. Russian questions um, uh, involved here. But I wanted to broaden this out a bit and look at the geopolitical background to this. And I think I think the fundamental factor, um, and having said this, that there may be some things that were happening in Ukraine that we don't know about. 
that are known to Putin in his inner circle, uh, militarily or or other arrangements that were being made. Um, that we don't know the we because we don't know all the facts factors and the things they don't come out of course till years course. later, but um but in in terms of geopolitical things I think that the the um the the relationship between um Putin's Russia and um the 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 growing integration of, of uh, the Eurasian countries uh, and particularly with China um are a major factor in why Putin felt confident enough to launch this this um, invasion. And in particular, um, you know, 2015, Putin launched this greater Eurasian partnership. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, it came from Putin himself. So it shows you that Putin does see <clears throat> this, these international alliances as absolutely crucial to the future of Russia and what it can do. Um, <clears throat> and basically what this GP, um, to give it its acronym, um, what it, what this, which at first nobody took much notice of, but what it's designed to do is to cement the relationship between Russia and China, but also to incorporate all the uh, integrating organizations that have started to develop in the Eurasian continent. So we're talking about the Shanghai Cooperation Agreement organization, um, the SCO, um, being folded into this. We're talking about the, uh, the uh, Eurasian Economic Community, which Russia had developed over, a few, over some years with mainly its ex-Soviet um, countries. We're talking about the Collective Security Treaty Organization um, <clears throat> and so on. Uh, and of course, the Belt and Road Initiative of China. Uh, and they wanted to basically, their, their conception, which China is fully behind, was to integrate all these forces <clears throat> and to bring them to, to, because Asia is where the future of the world economy is, is rising. And their, their idea is to, is to be able to link these, 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 these things together economically and militarily and so on. And they're having a lot of success. I mean, for example, Iran has joined this process. Turkey is That's now true. looking to join that process. Um, and, and most notably, it, India is behind. Uh, well, is, it, 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 India is in a... India is in a yeah, India in a bit of a stretch. Okay, that, that, that's yeah. all true. But, no, but, but anyway, the, but their India reactions... Yeah, yeah, but exactly. we're going to go get to that probably. Difficult. But, but yeah. their reactions were rather unusual. I mean, you know, over the last couple of uh, of days. Uh, since well, that's the war. a whole discussion, okay. I, yeah. which I I know a fair bit, bit about. So I, okay. if we want to go on to talk about that, we can. But yeah, the, yeah, sure. That's a whole different show. East, I'm just I just want to indicate the here is yeah. interesting. The Middle East itself, the Arab countries in the Middle East themselves mm. are starting to turn towards the the East because they can see that the East is rising. You know, and that if they so. But talking particularly about the the, uh, the Russian and Chinese relationship, <clears throat> what the West doesn't really, you know, up until up until uh, the Beijing Olympics, uh, you know, so it's the you know the Winter Olympics uh, last month, um, the and and the the statement that the long statement that was issued by uh, Xi and, and Putin at that Olympics, a lot of the West was still had this illusion that Russia wouldn't join forces with China because there were too many conflicting interests in history and so on. But they hadn't been following, they had not been properly following this development. <clears throat> in fact, um, the, uh, Russia and China have been building up their alliance for a long, long time. And most importantly, uh, not just on eco economics, but on military side, to the point now where they're actually sharing technology, the latest technology on both sides they're sharing. 
the technology. Including military uh, technology, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the military technology. Yeah, Sorry, okay. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that now we have whenever there's a whenever there's um a military exercise, it's usually involving both countries, uh, and they actually bring their latest technology and allow the other side to utilize it and, and inspect it and everything. So so that so that's a very important development. So so the militaries of these two countries are joining forces, which is combined together is actually stronger than the American uh, uh, military forces. Not only that, um, perhaps even more important is that they, the way that uh, Russia and China are planning to integrate their economies and to yeah. build up... Very a interesting, a very interesting uh, <clears throat> phenomenon, deserving another program, another discussion, by the way. Sure. Especially yeah. in but the face so, of sanctions. <clears throat> now. Sure. So, that, so but the, the, the importance of all this is that um, uh, that Russia now felt confident enough uh, to withstand any sanctions from the West because they knew that, that whatever the West produces um, in Europe or in America can be made by China if they can't make it. They'll make, a lot of them they can make in Russia, but if they can't, they'll make it in China. <clears throat> And um, uh, the, uh, the, the question of, you know, like cutting, the, cutting off the banks in, 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 uh, in Russia and the... Cutting them out from the Swiss system. Yeah, let, let's let's the, save that for a little for a little later sure. moment in that program. I want to talk to you about those sanctions, right. and I've got some questions right. uh, regarding sure. it. Right. Okay. So anyway, now having said this, I I have I, I'm not sure, but I'm we, it'll all depend on how the outcome of this comes. But in a way, I think that um, this uh, emerging um, uh, Eurasian partnership. Um, may have made Putin a little bit overconfident mm -hmm. and might have made him jump the gun. Because the reality is, I, I, in my view, that the, this, um, this greater Eurasian partnership uh, is going to become a, the most important economic and, and potentially military um, organization on the planet. I mean, I noticed, for example, that the latest naval exercises for the first time involved just russia and china mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and russia see... and china have been patrolling you know certain areas yeah. uh, in the sure. south china sea and you know but, but i mean together you know but but iran is not a small force you know and no, iran is no. a powerful country with a, quite a big economy and, and quite a big military you know military and so i i think this this um this gp partnership uh, has such huge potential that that Um, Putin could have afforded to wait because everything was, you know, it's the it's the Americans who are desperate. It's the mm -hmm. Americans who yeah, got time the, time works time against problem. them. Time yeah. works against them. yeah. And and so you know, China is playing the long game, you know, because they know that in you know what once they pass America, and I'm, according to my the latest statistics I looked at, <clears throat> the COVID crisis actually brought the 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 year when China will pass America forward and it could even be in in 2026 not even 2028 mm -hmm. never mind 2030 yeah. which is what people are talking yeah. about and once once china passes america they're saying that by about 2035 china's economy could be um even twice the size of america i mean it, this might seem incredible but when you see what happened with japan china china only passed japan in um 2011 And now, by 2020, it, it becomes th three times bigger than Japan in less than a wow. decade. That's incredible. Wow. 
So that you know, because these the things power are these of, things, of planned economies, isn't it? Well, it is, but it's also the way you know when you have an ex, when you're growing exponentially faster. It, it's it, we think in linear terms, but exponential mm. growth is much faster than we think. So, okay. and with the with the the, the 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 very effective planning system the Chinese have got, with another whole show. But exactly, the thing is exactly. that which I we're going to have, which we're going to have. I think I think Putin didn't need to. Mount this invasion. I think well, everything was going in the in the direction of uh, of this partnership, which would have meant that America's star was, was falling rapidly, uh, and we're going to see that we're going to see that play out in the next few years in very dramatic form, um, and therefore that uh, the American influence in Ukraine would have fallen off sharply, and um, the influence of China, Russia, and the Asian states. In Ukraine would have risen sharply. So I think there was absolutely no need to have this invasion. Uh, yeah, exactly. Although, for the record, again, we have to indicate that, like, we don't know, we don't we have don't internal know. information. Don't, yeah, exactly. So, so like, I, I just want to say here, I just want to indicate yeah. here that I, I don't buy into this logic that, you know, some people mm, are. are entertaining that oh putin has gone mad you know he's gone senile oh, yeah, and mad yeah. and come on like i mean for, for, for such a long period of time the, the, the russian diplomacy now ha have been the only adults in the room really you know as much as i don't like their views and and stance on, on moral and political and many issues come on i mean they, they were really old school diplomats and old school bureaucrats yeah, that yeah. really knew how to go about their job so uh i i don't think it was mad. and also i want to mention here that uh Obviously, you, I, I, it's logical what you're saying about you know Putin getting a little bit overconfident and kind of wanting to uh, to stick it back to the West now. Uh, but I also feel that you know I or well feel I don't believe that he he wouldn't have had consulted it with China. You know, wow, he, this, yeah, uh, no, yeah, no, it it, it's be, impossible. I mean, you know, it's, he wouldn't it's have it's taken possible, them by surprise, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there is the there is the fact. Uh, on the other side of this equation, that um, but that uh, you know uh, his his current uh, actions probably was a growing awareness that Ukraine was slipping away from Russia more and more by these because of these actions of the elites uh, after two thousand fourteen in particular, um, and that there was um, <clears throat> you know the purging of the pro that they've been purging the pro Russian elite. And they've been suppressing the uh, the Russian speaking or population. the neutral elites, okay? The new yeah, th those that stand that's the neutrality yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. Exactly. and ethnically yeah. cleansing really the yeah. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that's not been talked about is the huge number of refugees who've left Ukraine and went to Russia. To Russia, went to, yeah. like you know, yeah. to the aggressor, you know, they went yeah. there. Yeah, so that hasn't been talked about. Um, but also, I think that probably. Uh, Putin was probably aware of the growing strength of the Ukrainian military with all these more sophisticated weapons that are being supplied to yeah. them. Um, may, maybe also, you know, the whole privatization process where they're, they're planning to sell off all the state banks. They're opening up Ukrainian land and resources to foreign buyers for the first time and things like that. So maybe all of these factors were in his mind thinking that um, you know, the, the except for were... those factors, if I may, if I may, yeah, uh, sure. Pat, it's let's just look at the process, like you know, this on the let, let's look at the surface of it, okay, uh, and not without going back, okay, to 2014 and stuff, but now recently, okay, mm -hmm. what Putin was trying to uh, achieve is he was trying to to make the Western leaders 
talk some sense to the Ukrainian leaders whom they have controlled fully all that time mm-hmm. to make those Ukrainian leaders adhere to their side of the agreement called yeah. the Minsk Accords. The Minsk agreements, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Minsk, Accord, uh, Minsk Accords that was brokered by the West, sanctioned by the uh, Security Council, uh, UN Security Council, okay? Mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. that sanction, it actually became part of international law. Not many people know that. Uh, but but that's, that's really, legally speaking, that's the case. And they... They had hoped for all that time that finally, at some point, you know, when they stretch their muscles enough, the Russians, I mean, the West is going to come to their senses and and is going to actually, you know, request that, you know, Volodymyr Zelensky or whomever is going to sit down and do their job, which they agreed to do, that is to discuss with the leadership of the self-proclaimed republics, Luhansk and and, and Donetsk, Mm. People's Republics. And they were, you know, now I don't know, I don't want to speculate here whether they were too proud to do that or whether they, they, from the beginning, they had the plan that it it would never happen. I I don't know. I don't even want to, you know, go into fully. You're talking about, you're talking about the Ukrainian side. Yeah, yeah, Ukrainians, right, right. Ukrainians, or maybe the Americans. Well, I I, I have to say, no, I I think the Ukrainian government from the beginning had no intention to carry out those Minsk Accords. But probably, they, because, probably because yeah. they, because because the unfortunate thing is that they they have become prisoners of the right wing nationalist forces. I yeah. mean, that's the yeah. reality. Yeah, you're they right. You're right. <clears throat> any attempt to uh, to carry out those things would be accused of being traitors to the nation and all that kind of thing. And so that that's um, I mean, actually, to be fair to Russia, Russia sadly is losing because of the invasion is losing a lot of the. Um, the the good side of the argument that they could make, which was that it was only Russia that was demanding that the Minsk Accords be implemented, and um, they were doing it because they genuinely wanted to solve to help uh, Ukraine solve this make problem. progress. You want yeah, to solve because, this problem, and, and because as we've talked about earlier, this division in Ukraine between the Ukrainian uh, nationalist side and the Russian speaking side is a major fault line in the country that has to be bridged if Ukraine's going to make any progress. And it was only Russia that was trying to solve that problem. Whereas exactly. the Ukrainian nationalists, I mean, you'll notice in this, in this war that we've had out here and, all, and in the lead up to it, not a word is said by the West about this problem of division in Ukraine. No, and about no. how what the Minsk Accords was designed to create a federal state, which exactly, could, which would uh, bring co- some kind of status yeah. quo ante. Yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. So, so, exactly. Uh, so it's um, it's so I think you know Russia was in the right on those things. Yeah, and totally. And, and you know, and finally, just that, if you if you allow, yeah. let me just finish my thought. Sure, yeah. uh, yeah. it, it's Part like of, you know, finally, yeah. you know, they, they so they had hoped, they had hoped, they had, and and when they there was this last desperate attempt last year, when they revealed first their communication, uh, diplomatic communication with the French, uh, uh, well, with the French government. And then they finally put together those two drafts, uh, draft treaties, right? One with between Russia and NATO and one between uh, Russia and the US. And they put it on the table and they said, sign it, sign it. And really, from this perspective, this war... Again, I can I, I I don't you know condone 
that war, the aggression or, or, or you know, the invasion, that war could have been prevented by a stroke of a pen. Not, not necessarily underneath those drafts that were uh, that were uh, provided by by the Russian uh, side, but you know one sentence would have been enough. Ukraine is not joining NATO, and sure. or will yeah. not join NATO, or however you want to phrase it. And you know this would have obviously prevented the war, but no one really cared for preventing it. And this is this is you know the Russians. I feel that. You know, they might have just felt exhausted, frustrated, and, and finally, you know, well, they, perhaps yeah, put it I finally mean, snapped. Yeah, exactly. like, I know. mean, the American side, the problem with the American side is that, and the Europeans were more, more nuanced because of their, you know, different situation. But in America, the foreign policy establishment is not run by Biden. Biden is basically a, a weak uh, leader who's has to follow, even when he makes statements, which is, his inclination is maybe to negotiate, then the next day they're contradicted by the foreign policy establishment who have become completely controlled by the neoconservatives and neoliberals who've got these myriads of think tanks. Yeah. Same was during the time of Trump, by the way. Yeah, and the, the, these, these think, they've got myriads of think tanks and cadres populated across all of the elements. It's not like the old days. Uh, the Americans used to have uh, a, like a, a right wing and a center and a, and a liberal left a wing of, of their uh, foreign policy uh, establishment, but not anymore. It's virtually not so. So as a result, not even the left in Congress is willing to stand up and contradict the uh, the general policies of, of American foreign policy, and they're, they're so so pressing. So and and they they're not willing to make any compromises. So for example, I watched last week. I watched this horrible American character. He's an ex ambassador from Georgia. And this guy, he just, this is before the war started. He just said, ah, oh, now the, the Minsk agreements are dead, yeah. he said. So that was their attitude. Not a single effort to, uh, and as you said, the Minsk agreements are actually legal documents that have been approved by the UN. So legally interna- binding. In, in internationally legally binding treaties. But they just sweep them aside. And they got no. They, they, yeah, they only they now could, remember suddenly about international law. You know, when yeah, when the war started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but they could have compromised on so many aspects here, but they didn't want any compromises whatsoever. And even when Zelensky wants to make compromises, they intervene and stop yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So, but but please, please, this is a good moment, I think, to speak about because there aren't. You know, here is the optimistic, if I may say so, element of the whole, uh, you know, horrendous situation mm, is that the talks began, okay, between the Ukrainian delegation and the Russian delegation in in, uh, in Gomel, in Belarus, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So they began. But look, what before that happened, we had this back and forth, very weird situation. First, you know, when, uh, f- first we had the Russian operation put on hold, by Putin, and this was made public that we're making that we're uh, uh, we're stopping it because we want to give a chance, sure, yeah, to the Ukrainians to come to their senses and to to you know sit down and discuss with us. Nothing happened. They continued, and then Zelensky said, oh, "Okay, okay, like l- let's talk, let's talk." So they they said, "Fine, we're going to talk, but we're not uh, going to." Uh, to put our military on halt again. We're going to continue with this, but let's oh. go and talk. Let's see what comes out of it. 
And, you know, what happened, I don't know, a couple of hours later, you know, Zelensky said, oh, no, actually, I'm not going there. You know, maybe someone would go, but if they go, they wouldn't go to Belarus because Belarus, you know, it's like Russia and, and everything's bad. Yeah. Let's, go to, let's go to Warsaw, he said. Warsaw. Yeah, yeah, places, so, right? Yeah, yeah, so then, yeah. but actually the Russians said, okay, Warsaw, you say Warsaw, fine, we can go yeah. to Warsaw. And then he said, oh, no, actually, well, maybe not Warsaw, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so I'll, 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 I'll go and meet you there. Maybe not myself, but my people are going to go there. And Obviously, this was not something uh, that uh, that was just a spontaneous stream of spontaneous reactions on the part of Zelensky himself. It was like no. you know, really him reflecting and his behavior reflecting some sort of disputes within uh, uh, you know the blog. Well, I, uh, I, I, I have to say that about that that I think I am sure at every step Zelensky is talking with the Americans. Yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted I'm to sure. say. That that it was a reflection. This this kind of back and forth was yeah. just a reflection of the discussions that were actually occurring in Sadly that part of the that, foreign uh, foreign policy blob I mean, in America. Is, that's responsible this is why, for managing this Ukraine. This is why it's so funny. It's so funny. This talk about sovereignty. You know, yeah. we defend Ukrainian sovereignty, <laughs> yeah. but the truth of the matter is that America is instructing yeah. them what to do in their yeah. strategy. You know, yeah. so yeah. yeah, and this has been the problem all the way through. So all this stuff about invasion, which is quite right. But what about the sovereignty of countries where you interfere in their politics and try to run them, which is what America does? So, you know, but what before before we go on to those negotiations, which I think an important point there is um is maybe we good idea to say something about Putin's aims mm-hmm. of this of this of this. Invasion. Exactly. But we are going to cover that right. in the next segment of our discussion. So thank you, uh, everyone, for watching or listening okay. to this segment and for the watching and listening uh, the previous segments. Thank you, Pat, for your, all your insightful comments. Uh, again, I want to remind our viewers and listeners that we've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash the barricade, where you can support uh, our project. Thank you and see you in the next segment.